Contemplative Trucker Podcast, Episode 17, recording from Las Vegas. The Strip, or close to it. Uh, So many of you saw that I posted a picture of my truck being towed, and I appreciate the concerns and the warm thoughts and the and the prayers and uh, I'll take them but everything's fine other than the fact I'm bleeding money but uh, certainly everything's safe and and I'm handling it as well as uh, as anybody can I mean it's part of part of it when you're driving around in the old truck you can't be surprised when it breaks especially newer trucks so anyway I will uh, I'll give you a little update on that I want to tell you about what I've learned about hotels Um, and I want to tell a couple of stories uh, just to lighten the mood. So that's what we're doing today. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so here's the deal with the truck. The The problem with the truck is the one box. So this is the repair that truck drivers dread. And I have been holding my breath, scared that this might happen for two years. And it finally happened. So it's not a total surprise. I was hoping that I could not idle the truck and baby the truck and and get another two years out of the truck uh, and then buy a new truck and never have to buy another one box but the previous owner of this truck idled it a lot and I don't know that I fully realized that when I bought it and so it's not a surprise to me that this day has come the timing sucks that it just spent a week in the shop in Michigan and then I don't even deliver the next load before it breaks down with an even bigger problem. So um, it's just part of it. And the guys who've been doing this longer than me that I admire, they have, they do preventative maintenance on their trucks. They're, they're mechanics and truck drivers, so they can keep their trucks in tip-top safe, and they don't have to contend with this stuff like, uh, like a newbie like me does. So that is, you know, that's the bottom line status. Uh, there's no reason to talk about it because it's, it is what it is. And there's, there, you know, if I'm looking at the bright side, making lemonade out of lemons, I don't have to worry about this anymore. I'd hold my breath and worry about it because it's already happened. Uh, there is no decision to make with this because taking, buying a new truck takes a long time. And rates are good right now, and the real cost is waiting to get into a new truck. So I don't want to do that. So it's just kind of a no-brainer to spend the money. It is big money, and I don't even want to talk about it. Um, but it's you know it's uh, it's it's a major major expense, and this changes things. And um, but on the bright side. Rates are still good. The truck will be better than ever when I get it back, and I can work my way out of it. 
The downside is I haven't been home in forever and I was looking forward to coming home. But now I'm going to have to grind it out. Uh, so this is, this is I'm going to have to like uh, work twice as hard for five months to, to uh, make up for this, which I can do because I'm a badass. So that's the status with the truck. And I suppose there are worse places than Las Vegas to be broken down. So uh, next, I'll talk about hotels. All right, so the truck is at a dealership in North Las Vegas. And so the first night, I stayed at a casino called The Cannery. Because it's the type deal that you can stay at a regular hotel and pay a lot of money, or you can stay at a casino, which charges less i'm sure after memorial day rates will be going way higher but um, you can stay at a hotel which charges less and you know they're hoping that you'll lose money at the tables and that's the reason why so i stayed at the cannery in north las vegas and i would avoid that place um, i do not recommend it i think it might have been nice at one time i don't know if it's um, I don't know if it's COVID related or what. The pool is not open. The room does not have um, coffee maker. The room doesn't have enough outlets. Um, the expense was not worth what I'm getting. Uh, so I do not recommend the cannery. I had to walk around to find uh, coffee and that that's a deal killer in itself right there right can't having tr having to walk around to to find a cup of coffee because i guess some of you heard me talk about reno so i went to Re let me let me set set let me back up and tell you about reno so maybe six weeks ago two months ago i was in reno and i went to a casino my favorite locals casino there western village and they were so i went to the bar i was playing video poker at the bar they they now have like these booths kind of like telephone booths kind of like cubicles so on three sides you're surrounded by plexiglass um, so you can play video poker and then um without you know contaminating somebody else allegedly and then there's a little hole at the bottom where they slide a drink through but they have signs that say Put your mask on in between sips. So if you're drinking a beer, you're supposed to pull your mask up and down in between sips. and Or smoke a cigarette, which is just so ironic. Like, you're, you're, you're smoking cancer. and But pull your back mask up in between drags. I mean, it's so preposterous. Well, I thought maybe, like, those signs were just a liability thing um like who's actually gonna enforce that well i was wrong that they the bar i'm sitting there trying to play video poker and think about my hand and drink a beer and the bartender say you're supposed to pull up your mask you're supposed to pull it up and i'm like dude i'm in a plexiglass don't well you're supposed to you're supposed to you know a lot of people in the world know what the rule is and there's no additional thought into what's the intent of the rule. 
how does the rule supposed to be applied to this situation? You know, they just there's there's no deep thought. There's there's so many obedient sheeple clones in the world. So anyway, this is one of those guys. He knew he was told what the rule was and you know, so he was the mask police telling people to pull their mask up in between sips, which of course takes all enjoyment out of the experience. I mean, what an awful bartender to do that, really. I mean, you tell an entertaining joke, talk about how to make a nice drink, something, engage with the customer, but put your mask up in between sips. Uh, what that guy is lacking the soft skills it takes to be a good bartender. So anyway, that was kind of my last experience going to a casino. Um, so things have improved. Um, June 1st, I think they're going to be wide open in Nevada, and now they're kind of trickling towards that. And so, the you know, nobody's asked me to lift my mask up as I play video poker and drink a beer here. So that is, um, you know, that's kind of a status. Having said all that, though, the cannery is not, they're they're still not with it. The pool is closed. There's one restaurant open. Uh, and because there's only one restaurant open, it's tough to get good service there. Uh, and getting coffee. And that's also the only place to get coffee. Because you know how casinos usually have, like, stations where you get free coffee? Well, those are closed because they, I guess, there's a COVID restriction. They don't want you pouring a cup of coffee so you have to have a you have to have somebody pour it and serve it to you because adding extra hands to it somehow magically lowers the risk of covid i don't know it makes no sense to me but that's that is the you know the world so the cannery is no good the cannery is no good and so i got into an uber and i am now at ellis island which is a locals casino that I found out about, um, I don't know, several years ago. It's like a block off the strip. It's dirt cheap, and the room's nicer. They have coffee. They have an open swimming pool. Um, so, the, um, you know, it was worth the Uber ride to, to come 10 miles to the strip. And that's co- sort of my current status. So, heads up, if you're want to come to Vegas on the cheap, Bo's recommendation is Ellis Island. It's a two-star, and I just said I wasn't going to stay at two stars anymore, but I'm hemorrhaging money, so all of a sudden I am tightening my belt and spending as little money as possible. So this two-star is way better than the Michigan two-star. And then... I have found the, uh, if I was here on a date, though, the Tuscany is the place to go. I have, I think I have found the strip spot, or close to the strip, the, the honey hole, that is quiet, and um, lots of, lots of beautiful plants, and lots of palm trees, and lots of umbrellas, and uh, so the Tuscany is is the hotel of choice that's that's where i would go if i was staying with a date only like 20 dollars more a night so it's not 
uh, you know, it's very, it's cheaper than the cannery still, but, um, I don't know. Las Vegas is kind of, uh, it's kind of, this is kind of a date destination to me being here by yourself. You know, I mean, I'm making the most of it just this morning's the first downtime I've had. It's been a whirlwind. But anyway, okay, so there's an update on the hotels and what I have learned since being here. And now I'll tell you a couple of stories. So the first time I came to this casino, the Ellis Island Hotel and Casino, uh, the first time I came here was years ago, and I had a layover or something here, and, I, and so I was just out exploring, and and I kind of like to find the off-the-beaten um, path, holes-in-the-wall type place, and so I found this place, and <laughs> and I like it, you know, it's, uh, you get to see, it's a locals casino, so you get to see the locals, and the locals here are nuts. So, I mean, it's fun to people watch. So, I was sitting at the bar. This is obviously a long time before COVID. And playing video poker and drinking and just kind of eavesdropping. And the women next to me were talking about work just the way women do. And, and gossiping about um, a couple getting a divorce, a co-worker getting a divorce. And one of them says, everybody knows when you do a threesome, you don't do it in town. You need to go out of town to do the threesome. And they they were like, apparently this is a rule. I didn't know this was a rule. I, you know, like I'm so, I'm so sheltered. Like these these are the tips in life that I somehow have neglected with my sheltered life prior to the truck driving thing. So parents teach your kids well, you know, if you want to stay married and you want to be happy, you do the threesome, but you do it away from home. Don't do it in your hometown. So I was sitting there listening to this and I turned like five shades of red and I was like, y'all know I'm sitting right here, right? I mean, you see, I can hear what you're saying. And uh, for the rest of the night, I was teased mercifully, um, mercilessly about uh, being the sheltered, you know, <laughs> fish out of water, I guess, in Sin City. So, um, so there you go. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Just continuing the comedy of errors stories. So when I was coming down here, I was I was approaching, or maybe I'd just gone through Sydney, Nebraska. That's the that's the area I was in, approaching the Wyoming border on I eighty, and I'm opening a water bottle and kind of. You know, in a truck, it's harder to, to multitask than, than in a car because you actually have to work to keep the truck 
in lane. And so I'm opening this, you know, kind of holding the steering wheel, trying to open this water bottle at the same time. And somehow I managed to spill water on my steering wheel. I don't know, maybe a third of a bottle, if that at most, a third of a bottle. I don't know if it's the altitude. It's probably the altitude, which I don't fully understand how it would cause the water bottle to explode like that and kind of like it's not carbonated water it's just water but it did and it went not sure how it happened but water went all over my steering wheel and so there's these buttons on our steering wheel that control like the jake brake and cruise control and cycle through menus and and they started going wild and switching on their own. Uh, so, and, and there are these menus that are parked only. Like the truck is not supposed to let you access these diagnostic menus and, and other various things. Trip reset, these type things. You're not supposed to be able to access that unless you are stopped with the parking brake on. But somehow this water, you know, shorting the circuits had had was bypassing that and it was cycling through the parts menu by itself and it scared me to death. And so I pulled over immediately. And I started I adjusted the steering wheel, like adjusted the tilt, thinking maybe, you know, I'll get the water to run it away from the the switches. Oh, and it was setting the cruise control by itself, which was, you know, felt dangerous and, and creepy. So, uh, anyway, I parked the truck, <laughs> tilted the steering wheel and the horn starts blasting by itself. Believe it or not, this is not the first time the horn has blasted by itself. My truck has acted possessed before. Uh, which that is another story for another day. But this time I'm pulled over on the side of the road in Nebraska, in rural Nebraska, and the horn is just going off. And cars pull over at a safe distance and were monitoring me because I'm sure they're thinking, what's the deal? Does the guy need help or did the guy die and fall on the horn or you know what? So I call 911. <laughs> I can see these people watching me, and I know they're worried what's going on. So I called 911, and I said, uh, so you're probably getting a call right now about a suspicious truck with a horn. And she was like, maybe. I'm the truck driver with a suspicious horn. <laughs> and I I told her I had spilled water and I was just pulled over, you know, kind of waiting for it to dry out. And she, <laughs> and she started laughing so hard. I was like, have a nice day. And she could, you know, could hardly say <laughs> thank you for hanging up the phone. She was cackling so hard. So uh, I thought that was comical. And that was, you know, I like, I don't think I ever want to live in a city again. That is rural good people that you can, you know, talk to the 911 dispatcher and uh, 
and uh, kind of take in, appreciate the comedy of the situation. So anyway, I hope she stopped laughing before the next call. I mean, I can imagine her, you know, fighting back a laugh. Nine one one. I need an ambulance. And, you know, if she was still chuckling, that would not be the best call. So, so that's it for this episode. So I'm in Vegas. Uh, as of last night, I finally got settled. And I'm rolling with the punches. And... um that's my status and i appreciate everybody's concern and i'm recorded this episode even though i got all these other things going on because i know some folks are worried about what's going on which i appreciate so i hope everybody's doing well bye